So I think we have some big news. I think we have a lot of big news. We do have a lot of big news. This is, but you have some big news. I do have big news. So you positioned from just you transitioned. Excuse me, not positioned. You transitioned from just being the podcast host to the associate director of industry relations in the iLearning Center team. Congratulations and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So now this is more permanent. This isn't like a part-time gig for us. This is like a full-time gig now. We were just hanging out before. You had a role that needed to be filled as podcast host. I, yeah. Whether it's because I'm a little spunky or kind of weird. We asked 700 people and they said no because it was me. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm 701 because I will put up with it. Yes, you tolerate me. Yes. And here we are. Here we are. Now I have desk in the vet med building. Yeah. And you have to put up with me on a more full-time basis. Yeah. Mm, well, Is my your... desk always going to be in vet med? Well, that might be the other big piece of news. Announcement two. Announcement two. We what? got a big grant from campus and we're going to remodel a round barn. Oh man. All right. Welcome to the round barn, the name of the podcast and our future home. That's awesome. Tell me more. So we uh, campus and we're really lucky. So campus has a thing. University of Illinois campus has a thing called the investment for growth program. So once a year, they ask for proposals from the colleges, the units using all the university bar lines. You're going to be good at the university wordage now. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to ask you lots yeah. of questions just so our listeners that it's, are not it's a whole whole other set of language. But so the college is basically at the, at the university. And they say, hey, if you got any cool ideas, we've got a pool of money that we'd like to distribute to the colleges to do new and innovative things. ID investment for growth. So how do we grow? Okay. So in 2017, we applied and we got some money to fund this whole iLearning thing. So that's this whole got started on investment for growth six years ago. And so this winter, we put in some more money and said, hey, uh, we got another idea. And this one's crazier than the last one. Uh, but we'd like for you to fund uh, remodeling one of the round barns. So the college here, if you've not been to the college, we sit just east and south of the historic round barns at the University of Illinois. Right. So that's the ones that's on all the pictures, right? You've seen all those. And Larry Camfer has those nice pictures. Yep. And so they're not being used right now. They're abandoned. They're on the National Register of Historic Places. Abandoned is the wrong word. They're not being right, used. Right, not to utilized. Yeah, not utilized. And so we said, hey, what if we would take one of those and remodel it and put our offices there? And then the better idea was, let's put this thing we call the virtual care hub in that space. Okay, before we get into the virtual care hub, for anyone who is not U of I alum, these are iconic. These are, this is a huge deal. They're one of the symbols of the university. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're super excited about that. And the cool part about the round barns, and we put this in the in the proposal to campus, but the cool part about the round barns, they were built, I believe, in uh, 1916 and 1914, 1916 and 1980s. So there's three of them and they're yep. different sizes and different ages. The oldest barn, the newest barn, excuse me, the 1918 barn is the barn we've asked to remodel. It's the biggest. Uh, and it still in the 1980s was in use. I milked cows there. Really? When I was an undergrad. Yep. So in the late 80s, it was still in use. Uh, and they were cows there and they were built as a demonstration project of how technology could be super cool. Okay. 
And obviously in 1918, electricity wasn't a thing on farms. And so these barns are round, hence the word round barn. Mm -hmm. But the hay mow is actually at ground level. So they're kind of like a bank barn when you got to drive up a little bit. But basically, mm -hmm. the hay mow is at ground level. And the cows were in a circle. The dairy cows were in a circle below. Okay. And so you would didn't have to hoist the hay up to put hay in there. Oh. You could just pull the hay in on a hay rack with horses. And then there was a silo in the center, so you could blow silage up in top, and they'd build it by that point. But yeah. then at the bottom, it all fed by gravity, and it was in a circle. So the guy feeding the cows manually walked in a circle. Yeah. He didn't have to walk up and down a line. Okay. And so it was this really extension model before there was extension didn't happen, but extension model to say, hey, how do we take technology development and put it out in the real world? So that was the point of those things. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, right? That here's this thing that was built as a way to transfer technology out of the university into the real world and demonstrated successful. And we're going to convert them to doing the same thing. It's the next version of what does extension look like? And that's what we are hoping to do with. Not hoping. We're going to. Ah, right. We're going to. We Heck yeah, we're going to. So that's the virtual hair cub in uh, a care hub. And you know, I'm putting that in quotes, but because it's kind of a dumb name, but we'll come up with a better name. You did just send me a list, I think, to review for. Yes, we have to have better names. It's a good uh, placeholder. But the idea is technology is obviously shaping medicine every mm -hmm. day. In this university is tremendous at developing technology. Right? We have a brand new med school around this whole di idea of how does technology go into medicine? We're, we're veterinarians. We're not, you know, this college is veterinarians. Right. We, we're not engineers. But the idea is, is that nobody really knows how to apply technology into veterinary care today. We have engineers developing cool technology yeah. and veterinarians fumbling along being veterinarians. But how do we take the fumbling engineers and the fumbling veterinarians and put those together to make something super cool? Because engineers don't understand how do we do care. They might understand the technology, they may even understand biology. Right. But how do you apply that to the care of animals? And then a classically trained veterinarian likely does not have the technology training in order to implement something. Yeah. How do they, on an even, operation how do they use it? Yeah. How do you make it? So the idea of this care hub is not about building technology or providing care. We have a teaching hospital that does that. Yeah. But how do we take technology and in, integrate that into care to build new ways to deliver care. And so that's really the vision. And, and it's, we're super fortunate. We have a group of donors led by Tony Kramer, Dr. Tony Kramer is alumnus of here, okay. who is excited, thrilled about making this happen. So Tony's come together with us to say, how do we create this vision? And he's a private practitioner and they do some virtual care stuff, mm -hmm. but how do we take that and how do we, improve access to care in his in his vision okay. and we think that's important so that's a natural progression obviously we've got huge access to access issues for care in the united states in rural areas or in, in urban areas where we just don't have docs we don't have enough docs in the right, right spot md docs and the demand totally changed with covid about like doing those types of visits using data to provide mm -hmm. care right we obviously got third world situations where we don't have docs. Yeah. And then we got the same thing on the animal side. We've got huge areas in urban, you know, really dense urban areas. And then also in rural areas, we just don't have veterinary care anymore, or at least high level veterinary care. Right. 
we have one doctor spread out over, over a couple of counties, right? And so we're saying, okay, how do we bring specialists? And it's really hard. I was you know, trained as a generalist. You know, we joke that the students think I'm really old. I'm like, no, Jesus was not a little boy. He was a me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, right? It was easy to be a generalist when I graduated because, you know, it wasn't that sophisticated. We could right. do most things. And we could, well, today it's pretty sophisticated. And it's really hard if I'm in Alpha, <laughs> Illinois, where I first started to practice. It's really hard to be in Alpha, Illinois and know everything about everything and have all the subspecialties working. Right. So how do you bring those high levels of care that I would just refer somebody to mm -hmm. if I'm in the suburbs? How right. do I bring that to Alpha? How do I provide the same level of care in Alpha that I could provide in in Champaign or in, in the Quad Cities? And that's, you know, and obviously Illinois is pretty urban compared to a lot of places right. and we have spots. So we're saying, okay, we've got an issue with with human care, we got the same issue in veterinary care. Well, you know, I'm a pig guy, a livestock guy. We think, and Tony's real vision is, and it's brilliant, we can go take technology and vet that technology in livestock at scale, get a lot of repetition, work out the kinks. So what do you mean vet that? Obviously, aside from the pun, vet the technology, yes. but our hardware, software. Yes, yes. All machine of those, learning, all of the data analytics. All that stuff and okay. say, hey, here's a really good idea to provide care. Some new gizmo. Mm -hmm. Fitbit for dogs that uh, is more advanced Fitbit. Fitbit's a bad example because we have one. But let's see, I'm working on a um, technology to sense Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So that has some gate changes or something, right? Well, that's because of HIPAA, that's hard to do in people. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So we want an animal model. Well, we do a lot of work here. So dogs happen to be, believe it or not, a really good example for brain tumors because the way the brain works and the blood flow in a dog, the tumors in a dog are kind of equivalent to people. So we can use dogs as that. So, but let's talk about Parkinson's or something or, or Alzheimer's. You know, we're looking for a neuro disease. Well, that might involve how they change their gait, how they move. Okay. So gait, stride. Walk, yes. Yeah. Uneasiness. They're yep. not, they're not. Okay. Well, I don't want to. Put that, it's hard to do that in a person because I can't manipulate the right. people for ethical reasons. And I can do it on a dog, but you know, dog owners love their dogs. And they're not real keen on just being the experimental thing. Right. Well, you know what? We got a lot of pigs or we got cows. Well, we put gate monitors on cows. Yeah. And are they uneasy? Are they unstable? We can do that. So we can go use cows or pigs or horses as a really early model. <laughs> Say here, let's make the technology work. Let's work out the kinks. Let's work out the data transmission. Let's work out the processing on the back end. Mm -hmm. How does a veterinarian use it? How do they interpret? What do they look at it? Hey, this technology looks like it works. And then take those candidates that are really successful and put that into dogs. Mm -hmm. And say, okay, we have a working model here. Now we need fewer dogs. Fewer dogs, less hassle, much more accurate. We already did the really fast learning on different okay on a different animal and now we can put it in dogs work out all the kinks now we got to worry about privacy and we got to worry about all those other things that are important right. in human medicine and now i've got a model now wait a minute now i can take that to humans and i've built a model out so i can improve the entire spectrum of care so we're not going to provide the human care mm -hmm. but we've always used animals we use them for drug development every day we right. use them for treatment development every day Okay, how do we do that with technology? And that's the idea. And how do we take that all the way from 
large animal all the way down to small animal. And some of those things will trickle out and be useful in humans. And that's the advantage of being on this campus. We've got all of that plus some that we can get access to. And so, yes, we're doing this in the vet school, but this is really how do we bring the power of the eye, the whole eye, the whole campus Mm -hmm. to bear on these problems that are important to animal owners and ultimately hopefully some some human solutions. Okay, so is the initial use case in the animal livestock space and then as we hone in on the how to that's when we start to advance it into where it can be with humans. Yeah, the we think based on and we're doing some work already. So we've got some work ongoing. I mean, before we had a hub, we were doing some of these things. Yeah. Now we're going to call it something. But because there's a lot of investment and in your previous life, you understand that there's been a lot of investment in the ag tech space and the yeah. animal health ag tech space. So because there's all this investment there, that's where we're starting. So there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of companies working with a couple of firms already. And a ton of products. Ton of products, right? And so, hey, is this how does this product create value? Does this product really work? How might we use this product differently? And we're doing some of that work today. Mm-hmm. And so our initial work is in livestock. We've had some conversations with some pet type products. Those aren't nearly as far down the line. Mm-hmm. People haven't understood how do I use this? Where do I put that? And so we think there'll be pet things come along fairly quickly, but our first effort is going to be in going to be in livestock because that's where the action in the industry is today. Right. And then as those things develop, we think there'll be some pet things. We're going to do some of those pet things. Okay. The pet tech stuff right now is um, there is a, believe it or not, a remote blood pressure monitor for cats. Oh, so cats have cardiomyopathy, and so, right, so there's some things that work for that. Um, there's a couple of three Fitbits that are for dogs, but nobody's figured out how to use them yet. I'm okay. not sure. We both have on Apple Watches. I'm not sure anybody's figured out how to make an Apple Watch work really very well medically. But there's some of those kinds of things going. But there's a, it's a lot more advanced in the livestock space right now because people think it's a big market. Right. So we're sitting here on this team, my my new team yes. that I'm excited to be here about. And it's growing I'm one of several new hires as of recent, but we're not massive. So how do we accomplish these things as a team? You don't have to ask all the hard questions the first day. (laughs) I got to impress my new boss's boss. Yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You're just making your new boss's boss stumble a lot. That's what's happening. Um, So you, you mentioned the power of the eye. Yeah. And I think that's the, 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 the thing is, is that, We've got a little team here and the faculty team isn't very big. Mm -hmm. And that team will grow a little bit over the next couple of years. We've got four faculty hires in in this project. So we're going to bring four new faculty on, which is a lot. Yeah. But that's not really what the goal is. The faculty within the hub, the primary faculty within the hub, our skill set is knowing both sides of the equation. So we understand the tech. And we've got a new faculty coming on that's actually an engineer as well. He's a veterinarian and an engineer, which just means he's overeducated. Um, coming so, back into academia. Coming back to academia. Yep. So he can speak both of those languages. I can quasi speak those languages. I can really speak the economics language pretty well, right? And the health language. Yep. And so our job is to translate, not develop. Okay. So how do we, Kaylee, you come to me, you've got a product. Hey, we think this thing works. Can you prove that it works? 
sure, we've got access to farms, we've got access to pets, we can go put that in there, we can design the studies to do that. Hey, I've got a product or an idea and I can't get it to work. What's the problem you're trying to solve? And then how do we go to campus? How do we go to the engineers and bring the engineering expertise, which is not like, I just don't go to get a random engineer off the street, right? They all have subspecialties. So yeah. how do I go find the right engineer with probably the right tool that's already been developed and get that tool applied to your problem? Yep. And that's the, the engineers will tell you they got a thousand solutions and not enough problems. Mm -hmm. And so they are really looking for problems that are useful to solve mm -hmm. and how do they adapt their tool to solve them and so that's our role in this hub is be the bridge between those things okay be the bridge to all of the greater intelligence that's spread across the campus yeah and i i'm a big i do to steal ideas and so right if somebody else didn't work why wouldn't you do the same thing yeah and if you really look at what the carl carl illinois college of medicine is that's really what they're doing. So they've taken these docs at Carl who understand care delivery, but aren't tech people. Mm -hmm. And we've got engineering on at Illinois who don't understand medicine, but they've always kind of tried to work together. Well, we formed a college of medicine to train people to do both. And so it's forcing this idea of collaboration between engineering, Beckman Institute, biology people on campus, Institute of Genomic Biology and Carl and saying, how do we apply new ideas and technology? And that's all about human medicine. We're saying, okay, we can do the same thing for veterinary medicine. Yeah. How does that fit into the land grant component of U of I? So the land grant, right, we have three purposes, scholarship, service, and, um, and teaching. Mm -hmm. And so it really fits all of those. And so we think about it should develop new scholarship, new ideas, new, you know, research. Yeah. We use scholarship instead of research, right? But research, I think. So new technology should come out of this. It should do service because we should be working with industry. Okay. And that's the whole point of this. Like industry and academia has kind of always been a dirty word, but we've been, Illinois has been really good about not saying that and saying, hey, we need to partner with industry. And if you look at why the round barn start, how do we make dairy farmers? How are we making farmers more efficient? We're just going back. It's not just farmers, but it's yeah. that same idea, taking those buildings back to their roots. And then from a teaching standpoint, right, we run a master's degree. We run a master's degree around here. It's what, you know, right, why we brought you on. It's what funds this popsicle stand. But how do we grow that? That was part of the proposal. How do we actually grow teaching models to say, listen, we have a lot of engineers who want to work in animal health. We don't need to teach them engineering. We might need to teach them a little bit of biology so they understand how care is delivered so they're better engineers in this space. Okay. We got a lot of veterinarians who need to use technology. Let's teach some of those veterinarians some of these kind of basic um, technology skills. Yeah. I mean, using artificial intelligence is a thing today. That's all everybody talks about. Chat GTP. GPT. GPT. Yeah, yeah. It's the chat thing. That's right. our podcast that yeah, we we've just already did. talked about that, yes. right? But okay, how do you use that? People are using that to deliver care to. We have a, a alumnus from here who who helps us a bit part time, Aaron Smiley, who has bolted a version of ChatGTP into his clinic's assessment model. So he has technicians, veterinary nurses in rooms seeing patients. Mm -hmm. They collect all the vitals. This is when you go to the doctor, right? So you don't right. see the doctor until the end. Well, that's what they're doing for Aaron. 
but they do that, but they're feeding all of that plus the case history plus the lab results into a into a version of ChatGTP, and it's feeding him the differential list before he walks in the room. Right. So it's it's that kind of stuff. Here's the red flag. Here's here's the red flag. It's not making the decision for him, yep. but instead of him having to read thirty pages, it's getting those thirty pages summarized down into the thing that we use as veterinarians as a differential list. It could be this, or it could be this, or it could yep. be this. And he'll tell you it's not perfect. It's a lot better than what you would think it would be. Right. So it's how do you- it allows people to spend their time doing something more impactful. Yes. And in his case, Aaron works in an area where they have to control costs. It's not a high income area. Okay. So Aaron said he doesn't want to be poor, which nobody should work to be poor. So, but he has to figure out how does he provide the same level of care at a lower cost? So in his case, how does he see more patients? Yeah. And so this makes his day more efficient. He provides really good care yeah. and yet makes his day more efficient. So his patients benefit from a lower, his clients benefit from a lower bill. His patients benefit because they get high quality medical care and he benefits because he still earns a reasonable living. Right. And so I think it's those kinds of problems we're saying, how do we solve those mm -hmm. um, on a larger scale and a more complexity? And But yet, how do we train veterinarians Okay, wait a minute. How do I bolt chat GTP into this? Ooh, wait a minute. I know how to type on the chat GTP app on my phone, but wait a minute. I've got to hook that to Slack and I got to do this and it's got to go in the medical records. And But I'm a vet. But I'm a vet. I don't do that. But you know what? That's all pretty easy. It's a series of click buttons today. Yeah. But you got to know where to look. And so it's that kind of, it's really extension in its purest form. How do we transfer knowledge to people? Cool. It's pretty got, awesome. That's all we got going on around here. It's going to be, it was supposed to be a slow summer and I was supposed to work at my golf game. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Mm -mm. No, I'm ready to hit the ground running. Well, good. Cause you're going to hit the ground running. <laughs> okay. So we got the virtual care hub. We've got the master's program from the last investment for growth. Yep. Uh, there's all the continuing ed courses that are department Ongoing. area continues to maintain mm -hmm. EVP executive vet program. Does that fit somewhere in this virtual care hub or just something that? No, that'll be part of our, so we're going to expand the EVP brand and, and lose the words executive value program, just call it EVP. So EVP is something that's going on since 1991. So 32 years. That's when I was born. I know it's <laughs> as old as you are. So uh, I was born before that. Uh, no. Yes. Um, but the EVP program, right, we've been running it for 30 years. It's been intensive, a couple of year program to train veterinarians, really primarily focused on livestock, swine, and then beef cattle more recently. But we've done small animal over the years. We've done other things. So that program is going to expand. It's mm -hmm. being re-envisioned. So it's going to focus on really system veterinarians. So poultry, pig, intensive dairy type veterinarians, feedlot okay. veterinarians. We're going to expand that to say, listen, the beef program, what we learned there was, is that we have a lot of private practice veterinarians that want to learn things about how to make their practices better. And so we're going to offer a private practice veterinarian or a smaller practice. I'm not working with, I'm not working for some large poultry integrator yeah. or working in a large corporate practice. Okay, wait a minute, I'm going to be down on a smaller thing. So how do we, and they need a different set of skills. They have a different right. set of things they need. So we're, we're going to grow that out. And then the last group is we're putting these things together really for veterinarians and engineers on technology to say, listen, here's a much more intensive 
here's how you do X or mm-hmm. here's how you understand how care is delivered. And so that, that thing's going to continue to grow. So we're pretty excited about that. Not a slow summer. Not a slow summer at all. All right. That's our announcements. Do we have any more announcements? I, I feel like that's enough. I can't handle any more announcements. I'm done with announcements. Okay. That's good because that's a lot of things on the whiteboard that we've got to accomplish. But yes. we will accomplish them. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and tell your friends about the Round Barn podcast. We'd also love to connect with you. Please find us on LinkedIn by searching the Round Barn at Illinois to give us your feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear.